Kip, Kip, you're listening to the TBL podcast with the commish. You know what? As good as that may have sounded, let's hear that from an actual professional. See you, Eyes. Darren Osborne is here with us. Take it away, Darren. You're listening to the TBL podcast with the commish. Yeah! <laughs> Amazing! That felt good. I'm not going to lie. That felt good. You, sir, are hired. <laughs> I don't know if you can afford me, though. Yeah, uh, whatever, whatever they're paying you at CHFI, <laughs> we will pay you less. Yeah. Uh, Darren Osborne, thanks for joining us on this podcast, on this TBL Burby podcast. Uh, Let's talk Burby. Let's talk Darren. Uh, Darren has been in the league, what, 11, 12 years? How long have you been in the league, buddy? Yeah, basically since since day one. I mean, when you started this, uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of the first few guys that you, you know, let in on the ground floor, and I've never looked back. And the accolades you've received over the years, you are a slugger of the year. You are a sportsman of the year. You are a four-time Vagisil Fielder of the Year. <laughs> Did you know that? I, I wasn't aware of that. Listen, man, we, we're not going to say no to sponsors. So Vagisil, right? we're just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but let's, let's talk about um, your history with Burby and really – as a kid, you never played Burby. You grew up in Barrie, Ontario. Is it, Barrie, Ontario, is that right? That's correct, yeah. And no, we, we didn't have, as far as I know, we didn't have Burby in Barrie. I, I had never heard of it before until you brought it up. Uh, so you played be- baseball. Tell me about your, your sort of history growing up because, you know, it goes hand in hand, really, Burby and baseball. So what, what was your, uh, your history like growing up with baseball? Well, uh, first of all, let me just say thank you for, for bringing me on. To the, the, um, I, you know, I, I heard your chat with, with Robbie last week, and it was fantastic. So some big shoes to fill. Love Robbie. His job was awesome. And uh, thank you for letting me be number two on your list. It, it means a lot. So, Dara, Darren, you're always my number two. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you... I just set him up and you knock him down. Yeah. <laughs> When I think of number two, I think of Darren Osborne. <laughs> I set him up, you knock him down. Yes, sir. Well, going back to as far as, you know, my history with baseball, first of all, um, I didn't realize how much I loved baseball until I was basically an adult. And when I was a child, when I was very young, my dad loved watching the Blue Jays. He would watch the games all the time. But he never really made it a part of our thing. He never said, hey, come and watch the game with me. You know, it was always just I would walk by and he'd be watching a game and he'd be right into it. And I'd maybe sit and watch for a while or whatever. And then I would kind of mosey off. So it was never really ingrained in me how much fun the game actually was. And when I was, you know, early 20s, maybe I started playing a little bit of softball and I really loved it. And then there was an instance where I got, I was allowed or I was asked if I wanted to be a part of an actual hardball game. And I was like, yeah, because, you know, I loved baseball or softball so much. 
So I thought, yeah, let me try it and see how the big, you know, the, the, the major leaguers do it. Let's see if I can get a little taste of that. And I was totally out, outmatched. It was embarrassing because I didn't know, right? I mean, you, you know, softball to, to hardball is obviously like night and day and you can't just walk in and do that. You have to, you know, learn how to, you know, gauge the speed and the movement of the ball and all that stuff. And I had no idea. So it was shortly after one of those attempts that I actually broke my leg playing hardball because, wow. yeah, the first time I slid into second base in softball, the bases give, they move. So you don't get, nobody gets hurt in hardball and baseball. They don't move and snapped my leg like a dry twig in the winter. So, Oof. yeah. Still have I still have I believe five screws in my left leg because of that. So. And you still have nightmares. The nightmares are still still with me. <laughs> no, I don't have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but that was you know that was my first you know kind of little taste. Uh, you know, softball first, a little bit of, of hardball. And then I was, you know, kind of scared off of it for years. I still played softball. And then you came along and said, hey, I want to try this thing. It's Furby and it's, you know, it's awesome. And you don't need very many guys and you can play it in the schoolyard. And I was like, yeah, let me try that. There wasn't a lot of running. I hate running. So there wasn't a lot of running. So that was perfect. And yeah, I fell in love with it immediately. Loved it. Right. And you know what? Before we actually get into, you know, you getting into Furby, mm -hmm. um, your story is is sort of probably rare to a lot of guys growing up where you your dad did not want to play baseball with you he didn't want to show you baseball how how tough was that yeah it was it's a very weird thing i mean my my dad was was old school and you know there wasn't a lot of you know camaraderie and there wasn't a lot of you know let me hang out with my son and let's do some stuff just the two of us there was none of that so it wasn't, uh, and to be honest, I didn't know any difference. So I was just kind of doing my own thing and I was used to that. It's only when, you know, you get older and now that I have children myself and I realize, oh my God, that's not how you're supposed to do that. That's not how you parent, you know? So, but you know, at the time it just was just the way it was, right? So it was interesting in that it made me the person, you know, it played a part of making me the person that I am. But it also showed me a lot of what not to do. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, my my parents, my dad, um, never once said, I love you. You know, that kind of stuff just didn't happen back in the day because he was the parent and I was the child and he had his job and I had mine and that was it, you know. So the times have changed, thankfully. Times have changed. And a lot of times that kind of a family atmosphere is passed on and you continue that, but you obviously have not continued that. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, so many people and it's not, you know, it's n through no fault of their own 99% of the time. But when you're used to, you know, life being a certain way, you assume that's the way it has to be. And sometimes you can't even control that that's how you are in your life. So for me, for whatever reason, I just decided, whether it's, you know, consciously or subconsciously, that I wasn't going to be like that with, with my kids. 
And I've never been like that with them. I mean, I adore them and I will tell them any time of the day. And I love being with them and I love doing stuff with them and hanging out and having laughs. And, you know, if I'm, you know, experiencing something new, I want them to be a part of it, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it, it can go either way. And a lot of the times it goes to the side of, you know, continuing that cycle. And it's unfortunate, but it happens a lot. But thankfully, well, I was able to break it. It's great news that you were able to turn that into a positive. Mm -hmm. And and so then you joined the Toronto Burby League and you probably thought, wow, you know, I got to make up for lost time here. It's you're absolutely right. It, that's literally how it felt, because once I got a taste for baseball and for Burby, it put in my mind, what if. And I'm not trying to be conceited or anything like that because uh, I'm, you know, we're all just people. But what if I had been exposed to baseball when I was 10 or 11 or 12 or even 15? What if I had been, you know, exposed and put into a league and started learning the, the nuances of the game and how to hit pitches and, you know, look at the, the curve of the ball and stuff like that? What, what might have been? Who knows? Because, yeah. you know, you I will I will say... I am, I'm very blessed that I am, am fairly athletic and coordinated and all that stuff. And that's without any, you know, formal training. If I had had that exposure at a young age and went down the path of being trained in how to play baseball, who knows? Who knows? You, you could have made it to single A, Darren. <laughs> that's the dream. That's all I wanted. Single A. You know, you could have been playing for Medicine Hat right now. <laughs> Hey, they got a great team. They had a great team last year. They were awesome. So, uh, you're from from what you can remember because it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Your your first days in the Burby League uh, with the Lesieville Brickies. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, great, great bunch of guys, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, we had so much fun on and off the field. Like we were just we just enjoyed being around each other, always cracking jokes and. You know, we would, you know, ride each other hard sometimes, but at the same time, you always knew that underneath it, we were always supportive of each other. Uh, you know, guys like Rocky and uh, Mark Kennedy back in the early days. I miss Mark. I wonder what he what he's doing. I hope he's okay. Uh, yourself. And um, we, we just had a great feel for each other on the field and off the field. It was just fun hanging out and playing the game together. Uh, I agree. Those were some fun times. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were we started off as the underdogs, uh, and we made it to the finals every yeah. year. We got our asses kicked every year, but, <laughs> but to make it to the finals, you know, we were giant killers. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. And those were good times. Um, we had some epic games back then. Yeah, and then so what happened there, Darren? Because after about six, seven years of playing with Lesieville, you decided. You know what? I I want to play in the Kings Conference. How did that transition mm. happen? Well, here's the thing. Here's you know, there's a couple of different things that happened to kind of lead into that. First of all, the pitching in the upper echelon, if you will, is very tough and always has been. Now, as for me personally, as you go along, and you struggle with the elite pitchers in the um, premier conference, that starts to weigh on my conscience. 
And because I like to succeed, I don't like to constantly fail. When I constantly fail, it really, it stays with me. And that's just not in Burby only, that's in life. When, when I, if I fail, it stays with me. I can't, I can't let it go. So after a couple of years of, you know, struggling and trying to, you know, trying to get a handle on what was coming at me and work out the timing and, you know, it just, it started to, to weigh on my conscience. And then when you revealed that there was going to be a, a second division where it wasn't going to be quite so intense, I thought maybe that's what the doctor ordered where I can go down a division and just relax a little bit and just have a little bit more fun and not be quite so hard on myself. And so, have, were, do, you, do you think that helped? I think it helped in that it's not as bad as it was, but I'm still not at the level that I want to be at personally. That's, you know, for me personally. Well, here's the thing with you, Darren. You don't seem to ever check the stats or see <laughs> what you're doing. And no. every single year, you are top five in, in so many categories. And yet I always hear from you, oh, man, I'm doing so bad. I, uh, I don't know if I can still cut it. Is there a third division? <laughs> yeah, if you, bring out, if you ever bring out a lob division, I am in. <laughs> But what I'm telling you is, you're doing fine. You're, you know, everyone says that Darren Osborne is a beast. Really? And, wow. And you're mm -hmm. the oldest beast in the history of the TBL. How old are you now, Darren? I am 52. 52 years old. Wow. Yeah. I believe, I believe that's the oldest player in the TBL right now. I yeah. could be wrong. Uh, Art Stoner may be up there as well. I'm not sure. I apologize to Art if you're not anywhere near that. Uh, age, but uh, you you're the oldest guy out there, and yet you're yeah. still you're still top five, man. You're still raking. I appreciate that. I do, and and you're right. I don't, uh, and that's that's on me. I should probably pay attention more to you know standings and and stats and all that stuff. But I I always fear that when I look at those, it's going to you know reinforce what I'm concerned about in that I'm not doing as well as I, as I want to. So I, I, I shy away from looking at the stats on purpose. And so talk about your first years or who you joined in the Kings conference. So, I mean, with the Cobra Kai, is that what you mean? Yeah. I mean, that, oh. I, is that who you started off with? I think you played with another team before that, the Eglinton, Isotopes. Oh, the isotopes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that's been a hot minute ago. Gee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, I mean, once again, you raked, but that didn't go great. And right. then you And then you joined the Junction Cobra Kai. Right. How has that gone for you? I mean, I love it. I mean, the guys, they're great. And I'm not just saying that. They really, really are. Um, uh, you know, Andreas and, and Robbie and, you know, we all... We're all kind of in the same boat, I think, whereby we have really hot days where we're like, we can hit anything. This is amazing. And then we have other days where we're like, I don't know what I'm swinging at. Am I swinging with my wrong hand? What's going on? You know, we all have those days. And that's where I think we all kind of mesh together because we all kind of understand that from each other. So we're all in it together and we we win together and we lose together and we've gotten close a bunch of times and we haven't been able to seal the deal yet yet yeah and you know what 
when we come back from the break, we'll find out what's going on inside Darren's head. <laughs> because his, him and his team has been going to the finals, the semifinals for the past six, seven years. Yeah. And they just can't seem to get over the hump. So right after the break, we'll talk to Darren about that. This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto Food Blog. Eating their way through the best and worst restaurants. Greasy spoons, watering holes, food courts, strip malls, bodegas, markets, and food trucks throughout the GTA. To say they like things spicy would be putting it mildly. The Toronto Food Blog is for the budget-conscious eater willing to venture off the beaten path to find the best cheap eats in the six. Check them out at torontofoodblog.com. And we are back with Darren Osborne from hey, the now Junction Cobra Kai. Uh, Darren, there's a mental block going on with you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need to talk about it because, okay. because I, you know, <laughs> even though I'm the commissioner, I, I kind of want you to win this year because you mm. never won it. Uh, you know, before we get into that, what would that mean to you to actually win a King's Cup championship? Well, for it would it would mean a couple of things. You know, I mean, first of all, it would be an incredible moment for the team. I mean, these guys all want it really bad. We're all working really hard. We all know we've gotten real close, and then we haven't been able to seal the deal. So I know it would be a huge day for all of us. That being said, personally, it would also be an even bigger deal because, as you mentioned, I am the oldest guy in this league. And I'm probably the old, well, I'm, I'm literally the oldest guy in the league who has also never won a championship. So there's a couple of things that would happen if and when, you know, the, the stars aligned and everything happened in perfect sequence and we were to take home the trophy. It'd be a huge day, huge day. So what you're also saying is every year that pressure just keeps on mounting heavier and heavier and heavier on you. Well, I don't, I don't know that it does. I mean, I, I try not to let it, but you know, when it, when you go into, I don't know how you are, but when I go into, you know, the, the, the postseason and the playoffs game, playoff games, I try to physically tell myself, treat this like at any other game. Treat this like a scrimmage. You're just hanging out with the boys and having some fun. Don't get all in your head. And then when I get into the, you know, into the situation and you're at the plate and the pitcher's winding up, you can't, at least for me, I can't help but say, okay, here we go. You got to do something. You know, you just can't help it. It ramps up. And that's where you can't, you know, you're out of alignment. Your, your swing is a little bit early or a little bit late or you're, you know, you're thinking too much. I get way too into my head and I don't know how to turn that off. I haven't been able to figure out how to turn that off. So Darren, you're in luck because not only am I a podcaster, I am mm -hmm. a uh, psychologist, a Burby psychologist. <laughs> right, yes. So no, I'm not. But, you know, I was having a conversation with uh, Paul Jones, who's a Raptors broadcaster. Mm -hmm. And I guess he had actually taken sports psychology in school. Oh, okay. And, you know, we were talking a lot about that whole thing where 
you know, guys get nervous on, on, on the field of play and how teams need sports psychologists. I'm not saying that the junction needs a sports psychologist because you guys probably couldn't afford it, but <laughs> I know I couldn't. Yes. Yeah. But the one thing I took from the conversation was Paul Jones says, when you're there, it's all about repetition. Don't think about the moment. Think about what you're actually doing. Think about the actual mechanics and just focus on that instead of, oh my gosh, I've got to hit this, I've got to hit this, or oh my right. gosh, I've got to catch, I've got to catch it. And instead, focus on the actual mechanics and how to do it right because you've done it right so many times. Right, yeah. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. And I think that's part of the problem as well. Again, I can't speak for anybody else on the team, but for me personally, I wish there was a way, and I'm always looking for a way to work on the hand-eye coordination, but at, at high speeds, <clears throat> at high speeds. I mean, if I had, you know, a massive house with a huge backyard, I guarantee you I would find a way to set up a batting cage. I would find a way. Right. But that is the thing that for me is, I believe is what is lacking is that uh, repetition of the ball coming in at speed. And I know that there are some batting cages, but that gets pricey after a while too, right? You can't go to, I mean, I can't afford to go to the batting cages every other day, even though I would love to, I would love to go every other day, but I, you just can't afford to do that. So I know that the repetition is very key. And that's why when when you uh, put together scrimmages, I'm always like, yep, let me, I'm, I'm coming out. I, I don't care what the weather is. I don't care, you know, I'll be there as long as I, I, I can make the time, I will be there because I wanna get those practices and the, the, that swing and get the mechanics down to where it feels easy and it's the same swing every time. I know how important that is. Yep, that's the thing I love about you, Darren. It doesn't matter the weather, it doesn't matter the time, yeah. you are there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I want to uh, succeed, and it's 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 killing me that I can't succeed to the point where I want to. Well, I feel I feel I've, I've got a good feeling about 2022 for you, my friend, and yeah. I think the junction they're going to finally turn around. Even though the Kings Conference is looking to get a little bit better this year, and we'll sure. have we'll have uh, news on that coming in the next couple of weeks. So there's some some big news. So, but Darren. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. This is amazing. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you on again once you've won your championship. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. We can have the whole team on if that happens. We'll have yeah. the whole team on the podcast. And if it doesn't happen, we'll never have you on again. <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for this podcast. Podcast number two. On our next show, we talk to the bad boy of Burby. The Beach Dusters, Chris Tillman. <laughs> That's going to be good. Thank oh, you so yeah. much for this, buddy. I appreciate you. No problem. Take care. We'll see you next week. <laughs>